Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and doing excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. How's it, everyone? Welcome back to Let's Talk Digital with myself, Audrey Naidu. Marketing has never been more complex than right now. Sweeping advances in technology and digital has revolutionized and fragmented the discipline, while societal issues such as the COVID-19 pandemic has certainly raised expectations for marketers. As someone once said, resistance is futile. Like it or not, technology and data will continue to be an increasingly important aspect of running a modern marketing function. My guest today is Donovan Neil May, Executive Director of the Chief Marketing Officer, CMO Council and Business Performance Innovation Network. And we will get to explore the role of marketing in digital transformation and how the marketing function and CMO should change to support a digital-first organization. Hi, Donovan. Welcome to the podcast. Greetings. Good to be here. Are you joining us all the way from where? California? Well, I'm, I'm, my office is in Silicon Valley, but I'm actually working virtually from Santa Cruz where there's great waves and great sun and lots of fun. Oh, amazing. We are experiencing bitter cold weather in Johannesburg right now. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's too bad. I know I've seen, seen a lot of weather forecasts that don't look too good. <laughs> yeah, true that. Donovan, you are South African native, born in the Eastern Cape, eh? studied at Rhodes University, now residing in America, but actively involved across the globe in multiple businesses, which is quite impressive. Tell us about your colorful journey. Uh, well, I did just a quick snapshot. I left South Africa sometime back in the mid-70s. I, I went to Italy to play rugby and coach rugby and spent three years doing that. Then uh, migrated over to London, where uh, I had family connections and started in the uh, communications business. I graduated from Rhodes with a journalism degree and uh, ended up uh, working for a marketing agency in London and uh, worked on Kawasaki and Avis Rent-A-Car and uh, launched their campaign, We Try Harder, which was an interesting branding exercise, to conf- obviously to show that we could deliver on that promise. And so that was required every single employee in the organization, Avis network and ecosystem to actually show where and how they are trying harder. And it was also aspirational against the number one contender, Hertz. Uh, so I spent three years in London working for an agency that I got married to American and moved to uh, New York. And there uh, started with another agency, which is actually over 100 years old, one of the very first PR firms in the country and ended up working on things like uh, Subaru, the uh, um, automotive company, and big uh, packaged goods companies like uh, General Foods and and, uh, and Del Monte and others. And then spent five years with them, then moved to California, where it seemed like there was more action in Silicon Valley, more opportunity. The agency I w- was with had not a West Coast office, so I opened that up and started running the operations there. And... Uh, Won some nice clients, built the business up. Our agency got acquired by Ogilvy and Matha. I spent another three or four years working with uh, 
turn that into a, a global network of agencies around the world. So that firm is called Global Fluency. And about 15 years, more than 15 years ago, I launched the Chief Marketing Officer Council. And that emanated from a, uh, right around the time we had the big dot bomb bust. And we ended up uh, having a brand recovery summit. And some of the top CMOs from Silicon Valley were convening around the table with me. And one suggested that uh, he didn't know many of his colleagues. Wouldn't it be great if we could have a, a collegial environment and meet regularly and that was the genesis of the cmo council when initially started as tech and telco but has spread to almost every industry sector uh, sixteen thousand members uh, more than ten thousand companies and uh, collective control spend of uh, almost a trillion dollars so it's become quite a channel of inside access and influence economic and obviously political standpoint around the world so we we have collectivized uh, in, in what we call an executive affinity network. And the idea is to, to actually transfer knowledge and insight uh, as efficiently, effectively as possible through a variety of, of tools and technologies being used to enable uh, conversations, to enable interactions, to enable uh, views and uh, opinions to be expressed and presented. But we collectivize the content, we take the content to market through a whole range of different channels and the idea is to be uh, obviously a very influential source for uh, marketers to rely upon uh, access, facts and stats, as well as also good uh, uh, sub-Saharan African representation. So we have a separate uh, advisory board just for sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, we have another one that uh, addresses the Middle East, North Africa uh, region. But, uh, you know, the leadership of of Lori Golding and the chairman of that particular chapter and is very active. So we've probably got eight or 900 members now in Africa. Yeah, I know I am quite involved in the, the Africa advisory board. Yes. And we're grateful that you are. Thank you. Now let's talk about the topic at hand today. Um, the state of digital transformation in general, what is your opinion around the momentum gained in digital transformation within organizations? Well, we've seen a, a massive explosion of solutions and applications for automating various parts of the marketing function. Uh, in a way, it's almost overwhelming. And for most marketing leaders, just getting their hands around uh, all the, very, the, the many different platforms and uh, software as a service options is mind-boggling and to understand where and how they can connect all their disparate data sources both inside and outside their organizations uh, the, uh, the data being either public data private data or even data owned by partners and, and, and collaborators so the the issue for marketers today is getting their hands around data frankly and it's an area that they have perhaps languished the most or ch been challenged the most and understanding, you know, uh, more and more about the customer and, and how to personalize, individualize and target and identify and address market opportunities and be able to very, you know, quickly and adeptly uh, reach and, and engage uh, using different channels of choice today for um, the digital channels, of course, have multiplied 
and the formats and types of data, the dependency on mobile devices is massive, and the shift from, you know, the, 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 the disconnecting from traditional ways of receiving content to more, uh, you know, crowdsourced environments is, is massive, and that means brings a whole new set of dynamics to brand management, brand control, um, and it also uh, opens up many choices for application of your story and your message by by folks who are uh, attracted and, and champions of your brand. How do you see marketing uh, currently operating in terms of this transformation journey? Is there um, a different unit looking after uh, digital transformation that's sitting outside of marketing? Is marketing in parallel looking at traditional marketing and then we have digital marketing? Do you find that there's, there's discord even within marketing departments in this, in this journey? Well, you've got, you know, what you have in large enterprises and you have to distinguish the startup emerging growth companies that are coming out of the gate. Those that are, are hockey stick growth companies that are scaling very rapidly. Those that are middle market companies and those that are very big, large, diversified, uh, multi-unit, you know, business organizations and each have their own set of challenges. So when it comes to digitalism, great enabler for example, to create traction and momentum in the marketplace, to to be able to enlarge their universe of customer opportunities, to reach and, and project a, a much more, you know, larger-than-life image in the marketplace. So digital is, is a great unit, is a great democratizer of marketing uh, spend. At the same time, bigger companies have problems organizationally you know, they are typically driven by P&Ls, and those P&Ls may be multiple different business units or divisions or operating groups under a holding company, a house of brands, for example. And those have their own set of, of needs and requirements. Excuse me. And the marketers who are, who are actually, you know, chartered to run those, um, to drive revenue and growth and market share within those business units, of enterprise CMOs have less, frankly, authority and, and leverage than the ones that run the lines of business. So in many big companies, there is a CMO for the corporate business, and then there are CMOs for the lines of business. And um, it's it's interesting. So it's a CMO for the corporate brand, let's say, and lines of business CMOs. So there you, you run into issues and challenges. So there's the other thing that's happened is big agencies no longer – you know, run the show, you know, customer-centric thinking, customer-focused marketing, customer data collection. That's driven inside the organization. So the actual knowledge and expertise and understanding of the customer and the behavior of the customer and the intent of the customer and the predictability of the customer comes from internal data collection, data sifting, and data intelligence gathering. And also these external enrichment channels like social media and others, um, business and professional online groups and so on, help understand and help companies have, in effect, a, a, a sonar system for locating where the best customer opportunities might reside in line. And again, there's a big difference between what you're doing on a, on a business-to-business side versus what you're doing on a business-to-consumer side. But 
today, today CMO has to work with multiple functional leaders. They have to work with chief digital officers, chief data officers, chief relationship or, or sales officers or revenue officers or customer experience officers or service and support. And then they've got to be very connected into finance and to a procurement purchasing because they've got to make a business case for spend and they've got to evaluate the performance of the marketing supply chain. The marketing supply chain itself has enlarged dramatically. It's massive and it, it, it has many pieces and components and complexities ranging from big consulting firms who are getting into digital marketing, set up digital marketing uh, lines of business to you know, lots of little platform providers, lots of little point solution providers, lots of media companies that are becoming demand generation engines and so on. So you have a lot of, of you know, choice out there. You've got a lot to get your hands around. And, and most CMOs also have to look internally to how do they position themselves? How do they align themselves? How do they work with the P&L, you know, business leaders? You know, how do they deliver and, and, you know, performance when it comes to the, the pipeline and conversion and um, cultivation and loyalty and retention. So there's a lot on the plate of the CMO today, and they've a lot of collaborators that they have to align with as well. Yeah, so what level of, of authority does the CMO have? I mean, he has a title, but not the territory. Well, that again depends on the organization and the mentality and mindset of the management team and the, and the sensitivity and understanding of uh, wh whether there's a huge commitment to marketing or whether it, how they perceive marketing, what they understand marketing to be. And, you know, and again, we run into situations where cultures of companies impact very much organizational branding, very much you know the, the values and qualities and purpose of a brand. So the organization and the nature and construct of that organization, the mindset of that organization, and, 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 and obviously in many companies, some of them are more useful, some are more receptive to digital transformation, and some of them are resistant to it. So it, it, the mindset of the organization and the leadership of that organization, as it comes to customer centricity, as it comes to um, you know, whether they may be more sales-driven, more finance-oriented, you know, more operations management-based, more technologically engineering-oriented. Uh, These are things that impact the, the actual survivability of a CMO and the authority of a CMO and the ability of a CMO to get things done. So if, if the CEO has mandated we are going to be a very professional, effective marketing-driven organization, and that is understood, and that is, you know, they have a mandate to do that, and there's clarity of purpose, and there's clarity of role, and there's clarity of responsibility, and clarity of authority. So when it comes to customer experience, customer experience isn't a marketing game. Customer experience isn't a, a clever campaign uh, saying how connected you are. It's something an organization has to deliver er in every shape and form, particularly in the back office. I mentioned that the campaign that I was involved in with Avis. We try harder. How do you manifest that in every single, how does it get part of your DNA to try harder, 
in, in every shape or form for the customer benefit, not for the company's benefit, not for the profitability, not for the you know the policies and practices that frustrate a lot of customers. It's really about what's best for the customer, and having that type of mindset is largely driven by leadership uh, of the organization. So a CMO has the ability to be a complete owner and operator and custodian of the customer, but it also has to have the authority to be able to make changes, particularly in the back office, where there are pain points or problems for interfacing with the customer and supporting and serving that customer and meeting the needs of that customer. So in my view, CMOs who are highly effective CMOs have spent a lot of time out in the field, understand operational issues, requirements, understand uh, different facets of the business, and they are looking at things holistically, not just from a brand standpoint. So in your experience, do you believe that um, the current characteristic skill set experience of CMOs is adequate to take marketing into the future, or do we need to look at a new type of CMO? Well, clearly, what we're seeing actually is is uh, um, fractional CMOs are creeping into the picture. So these are you know guns for hire. You know, mm-hmm. you know these are marketing mercenaries ready to be drafted in to take on leadership roles. So right now, our research shows that many CMOs are struggling with they don't have all the holes and gaps covered in their organization, and they're struggling to find the right talent and skill set, particularly on the digital side to lead them into the future. So they're turning to transition, you know, to, to interim staffing groups and senior CMOs who who specialized in different areas, for example, and are available to come in and, and contract. So that's one solution, but the CMOs today are very, very, very challenged to the turnover, you know, still breathlessly reported by headhunters as being, you know, 18, 23, 24 months, it, it varies, right? And um, CMOs, you know, have a challenge because they've got so many cats to herd. And it, 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 it's, it's, it's a challenging job that requires a, a wide range of skill sets and leadership qualities. And that's something that we're still evolving into. So CMOs have made massive strides. They understand where and how technology can impact. It's how to embrace it, to integrate it, to deploy it, to get organizational adoption and use of it. Those are the challenges. It's not that they don't recognize the value and the need and the benefit. It's that implementation is always such a big challenge because you've got all of the politics, all of the factional, functional um, issues to deal with where uh, folks don't want to share, don't want to embrace, don't want to adopt. So the challenges for the CMO is is, is not so much identifying, specifying, uh, it's, it's getting the organization to adopt and embrace it globally, not just locally. Um, so how well is that CMO doing? I think our scorecard shows pretty good. The latest scorecard we did where we surveyed executive management, they're giving CMOs high level of confidence in their CMOs, high level of confidence in marketing to produce revenue and value. When you and I had a discussion, I mean, based on the fact that you look at different markets across uh, the the globe, um, 
Where do you think South African CMOs are positioned at right now? Well, I think that South Africa, you know, has the challenge of diversity, disparity, division, you know, and and, and a dis- disadvantaged, you know, uh, population segment, large one. So CMOs in, in South Africa, you know, are, are, are typically working with less budget, um, more uh, requirements to justify spend, lack of real recognition of what marketing is and can do. Um, they aren't necessarily up in, you know, they aren't given the same level of, of should we say, influence or even clout to credibility than I think some other functional areas tend to do. So my view of South Africa is lots of innovation, lots of technology innovation when it comes to marketing, by the way, lots of mobile uh, relationship, mobile engagement uh, innovation that could be um, scaled globally and a a lot of creativity in the marketing or, you know, in the marketing sector in South Africa. Um, I think where South Africa has probably more challenges is the, the managing director's view and the board's view of, you know, of marketing and its willingness to fund marketing and recognize where and how marketing impact the business. So I think South Africa has more challenges from an internal organizational cell um, and making a business case for marketing spend than other some other countries. Not to say that everybody doesn't have a challenge in that area, but Um, I think that the level of innovation coming out of Africa, uh, you know, the, uh, as I said, we've got extremely diverse, ethnically diverse population. You've got disparity across different economics groups. You've got a lot of haves and have nots. So you've got all the things that make it more complex and more, you know, and depending on what business you're in. But again, I think in, in South Africa, the good thing about South Africa, you can identify your bias. If you're B2B, you can zero in. And I don't know the level of sophistication on the data collection side. That's probably less so than in other parts of the world. But, you know, getting the right sources of real-time data and u- utilizing that data to make uh, better, faster, smarter marketing decisions is also a challenge, I guess, mm-hmm. given infrastructure. And again, it goes back to the fact that you have a population distributed across urban as well as large rural areas as well. No, I I agree. I also think that you mentioned um, the the focus on uh, creativity in marketing. Do you think that we're waiting more on creative side rather than the science of marketing? Because you keep on talking about data and tech um, I would even add measurement and analytics, you know. So obviously you need the right level of technical and digital skill sets, which I think also South Africa has a uh, skilled shortage in terms of digital marketing competency. Um, and, you know, it's something that we need to maybe feed and grow in our local market. You know, my, what I've experienced in different areas of interaction there are some, some good marketing solution providers in South Africa. There are actually some very good marketing technology integrators that are coming out of South Africa. 
There are application developers. There's website developers. What the country lacks is the ability to collectivize this talent, skill, and resources and actually train and further develop and become a global supplier of marketing support services. And that's everything from contact centers to CRM to, you know, and, and there are, are, are solution providers that are based in South Africa that have done a really good job of building marketing automation tools and technologies, but they aren't taking most of the market the way they possibly could. I mean, if you compare South Africa to Israel, it's like, okay, the scale of Israeli innovation and development is astounding, and they are very, they are very data driven. They're very analytically focused. They're very AI oriented. So that these guys are taking leading edge technology and, and and applying it to vast, vast collections of data and 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 coming up with uh, ways to connect people, introduce people, and and do things differently than the traditional old fashioned way. So whereas I think we have creative people in South Africa, maybe there's, too, there's a little too much emphasis on the creative side, the branding side, and not enough emphasis. Uh, and, and so I'd say content and creativity is probably very good in South Africa, where I think, uh, as you point out, I think there could be some real, uh, obviously more improvement is how you utilize data. Now, there are companies like Kikatel that are doing a great job globally of providing chat commerce platforms and, and services. And chat commerce is a huge new area of opportunity uh, for, for South African companies to play a role. So, 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 so there, are, there are companies that I have come across and worked with who really have technology innovation. What, what lacks in South Africa is a master plan for how does this country become a, a, a resource for uh, outsourcing, or offshoring, or in you know, in, in building technology uh, solutions and services for others. So, so I, I I think that's an area I'd like to see South Africa do a better job of. But you know, as far as the the, the country's concerned, I think most people, the money, you know, the the, the, the size of the market is so small for more sophisticated, advanced marketing technology um, tools. And, you know, the, the, it, it, it's hard to sort of economically cost justify two, two, two bigger investments in, in, in um, marketing infrastructure. But the other issue is you've got to have people who can, can – we're graduating lots of students from college and university, but they don't have jobs. So how do you get them channeled into, into, into areas where they can play a role, not just in South Africa, but globally? Yeah, the problem with this is that the formal um, education institutions actually don't cover a lot of the, the topics or areas that's required. Uh, it's more practical training on on the job training mentorship programs so we see a lot of graduate programs that's taking on graduates and uh, young people and training them with the specialized technical skill set that is lacking so so what you said initially in our conversation around um, external suppliers and uh, partners and agencies doing the work that brands should be doing in house is still very common 
because we rather outsource that service than build the competency inside organizations. Um, and then the second thing that I've also observed is that um, organizations has been reliant on uh, partners to provide some of these services for such a long time now and making that transition, which we are seeing brands are transitioning and taking control, for example, of their data, of their tech stacks. They, they're building in teams internally. They're looking at end-to-end measurement frameworks, um, looking at um, the, the investment of tech. And then you're also seeing the breakdown of uh, silo mentality where we're working across functions like with CTO offices, uh, CIO, um, across uh, finance even, um, customer experience and channels. So there is work being done. I'm just not seeing it at a at a more um, holistic level if we look at South Africa as a whole. There's pockets of excellence and uh, improvements as we progress on this digital transformation journey. I think it also, you know, by industry sector, it's probably, uh, you know, certainly in the financial services side of things, there's more data that's readily available. Decisions support data, uh, certainly, you know, customer profiling data. Um, I mean, I've worked with South African technology developers who've got, come up with some really innovative stuff. But they, they're challenged to take that to market globally. Um, so I think South Africa, companies in South Africa, you know, certainly are, are sophisticated. They're quick to emulate. They're quick to follow and, and track what's going on globally. They, they lack, don't lack for intelligence and smarts and, and, and education and all that kind of stuff. It's this, so we have to see where and how South Africa can advance itself globally and become more recognized as, as a source of, of, of marketing uh, solution and service capability. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, that's going to come uh, in time, but, but, but there are a lot of diversions and distractions and companies, for example, now have to recover and redirect and uh, refocus just based on the most recent incidents in the country. So you've got distractions and you've got challenges and complexities, you know, just in, in the operational side of the businesses and the requirements that are mandated in the country for how companies operate and how you use customer data and all that kind of stuff. So, so there are lots of, I think, localized challenges and issues, but there's no lack of innovation. It's the trouble is it's not necessarily focused, applied, orchestrated innovation where there is a, you know, a, a, you know, a strategy for how all of this stuff can come together and when, how it's going to impact the business. More importantly, how it's going to impact customer revenue, customer profitability, customer value. You know, customer value is the most important thing you want to produce. And um, that's really what uh, I think will be the measure of effectiveness is, is not just how, how, you know, the, the acquisition of customers, but it's actually the, the, the value of the customer and the retention and customer lifetime value and the path to purchase and all those things that can be impacted. Uh, so the, the yield from the marketing investment is very critical for companies to think about. But I think most folks are not approaching marketing with that type of deep penetrative analysis. 
they're looking at what's tactically needed right now. And mm. uh, we just have to do what we have to do. So we, we, we wait tables, marketers wait tables. They take, they take orders and they serve tables. They serve. It's not, it's not more of a bigger picture, prescriptive, defining role directionally where and how we got, what our strategies for revenue growth and revenue sourcing and, you know, what new products, what new markets, what new partnerships, what new channels, what new business models do we need to define and shape? So marketers in South Africa have got to go get uplift their role from being, you know, more waiting tables to, to really being, you know, figure out what should be on the menu mm. and what to, so, uh, I mean, it, it may be a generalization, but I think uh, that's an important, you know, getting more respect, getting more uh, influence, more board level participation, more strategic involvement, um, you know, really should be the CEO in waiting, so to speak, the CMO. Yeah, I think marketers, especially the CMO, has a unique opportunity now to redefine their space re-engineer their growth model and be an active participant at the C-suite table. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of marketers, some of them don't have that competency or maybe they don't have that confidence um, or maybe they don't have that capabilities. You know, folks have gotten into a CMO position through a variety of different uh, experiences, right? So there isn't sort of a classic route to being a CMO. And um, in my view, you've got to have a well-rounded, you know, uh, operational experience in all facets of the business to be highly effective, and you've got to be credible. And, um, you know, the CMO is always the one that gets undermined because people think of it as trivial. Marketing is a trivial add-on. It's like, let's put lipstick on the pig so to speak so you know it's 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 a challenge for marketers in south africa to be taken more seriously i think but they have the tools now to to make you know to to be the the experts and the gurus and they can make it a profound business case for spend based on analysis and insight and understanding of customer behavior customer intent um that that's a big deal these days. And the quicker and smarter you are at, at figuring that out, the more successful you'll be. But you've also got to influence things. You've got to be able to change things if the company's operating in a way that alienates customers, that you know creates defection, that disconnects customers. And if you can't bring that to, you can't highlight that and focus on that, that no matter how much money you're spending on marketing, it's going to be wasted. Because ultimately, it's going to be the product quality and integrity and effectiveness of the product and how well that product is 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 presented in in every shape and form and how well it's supported and uh, how quickly and efficiently you solve problems for customers if they have needs and the availability of the product and the channel partners and the effectiveness of your channel partners point of pain often begins at the point of sale you got to have a well aligned well integrated channel I think um, so. CMOs have two two goals that they should keep in mind. One is the value to the customer, and two, the value back to business. Um, because, uh, like you rightly pointed out, is how do you move 
marketing from a downstream entity to a more strategic elevated role within organizations. Um, so there's definitely an opportunity for CMOs to take that uh, challenge and run with it. But if if you have to step into the near future, say two, three years from now, what will this marketing entity look like? Well, it's going to be a, a, a much more technolo- technologically adept entity. The skill sets, the, the, the people who are working you know, they're going to outsource a lot of, of, of heavy lifting to third parties who can do it faster, quicker, better. So platform and service providers are going to rule. There's no doubt about it. If there's 8,000 of them today. There may be 5,000 three years from now. But, you know, there'll be more reliance on external platform providers who have built best of breed. Uh, solutions or, or pin cushions that you can put applications into. So marketing will be, you know, you know, management of your marketing supply chain will become very critical two to three years and what that marketing supply chain looks like. So the mix and makeup of your marketing supply chain will dramatically change. There are going to folks who are going to disintermediate traditional avenues and approaches uh, obviously, automation of everything from ad buying to to identification of customer prospects and opportunities and delivering that at scale and qualifying that at scale and provisioning that at scale to the sales and, and channel partner organizations. So marketing is going to be highly automated. It's going to be outsourced in to, to best of breed platform providers. So reliance on on platforms and applications to run marketing will be critical. And the ability to bring talent and skill sets into the organization, not outside, but into the organization to really get hands around data and to unify and integrate data and, and, and to extract the right types of insights, not just from your own data, but from all of the data enrichment channels that are out there. So, you know, APIs, you know, connecting into other sources of data will be critical. So technological collaboration inside the organization, e-commerce will obviously transform more than ever before. Multi-channel engagement, how you interact with those customers across all channels, all areas of notification and alerts and advisory. So those things are going to become, you know, critical to marketing. So marketing will have, so smart marketers are looking ahead to say, what do we need to compete more effectively? And frankly, who else is coming into the market that is going to be a new web native contender that's going to disintermediate me or, you know, who's going to challenge going to be new contenders for market share that have come up with smarter ways of servicing and supporting and, 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 and helping customers buy quicker, better in a more gratifying way. So so marketers today have to look ahead. They have to look at the environment. They have to look at what tools and platforms can help them be more efficient and more effective and then make a business case and then evidence the, the return on those uh, investments. But clearly marketing is in a transformation from, you know, from, you know, relying on agencies to do it for you to, to turning to data driven AI-based platforms 
that are, are massively um, disruptive in what they're trying to do in terms of reach and engage individually uh, consumers and understand what driving and influencing their purchase decisions, what interests and and propensities they have and what predispositions they have. So it's knowing more about the customer and actually using that that customer champion, that customer custodian role to elevate their responsibility and authority in the organization. Mm. And what is the role of the CMO Council? I mean, what role are you guys playing in assisting with this transition, if, if so? Well, well, we have great, we have a lot of advocacy programs. And, um, you know, for example, this one we just announced on collaborative marketing and what that's all about. So what we're trying to do is to help provide a roadmap and direction for where marketers need to go. We're also helping marketers audit and assess their competency, their proficiency, their capacity, their capability. We help challenge their thinking. So a lot of audits that we conduct is to understand, okay, where are you in your journey, in your progression? You know, so how do you assess where you need to progress, either from a leadership standpoint, an operational standpoint, strategic standpoint, innovation standpoint? We're trying to constantly come up with new campaigns, new thought leadership initiatives that help our members think and do uh, and, and, and you know better and and, and um, that's that's really what we're all about is to make them think and do better um, and and the, the, that's in most cases these folks don't sit and, and challenge themselves they aren't asking questions of themselves we help them ask questions of themselves and say well and, and then we also help them with the best practices what are others doing and how successful are they and what did they do to accomplish what they did? That kind of stuff. Mm. And Donovan, in closing, what uh, what keeps you awake at night? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've got to constantly be thinking about, uh, you know, what's the next area of conversation that is going to be meaningful. And so I'm always thinking about, you know, what are the topics, what are the interactions, what are the themes, what are the platforms that we as a council want to occupy and have a voice on. And so for me, what is really just cooking up new campaign um, undertakings that are going to help our members um, improve their own personal performance and that of their organizations and that of their brands and companies. Donovan, thank you so much for your time today. I mean, I really love the stimulating conversation and there was wealth of knowledge for CMOs to take away from this conversation. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate the question. Okay. Thank you. Go well. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.